0: Welcome to this Philosophics Podcast. I'm Bry Willis, and I'll be sharing some of my thoughts with you and offer my perspective. This series of podcasts focuses on philosophy, politics, economics, and policy. And more. In this series, I take a stream of consciousness approach to explore various topics of interest from my point of view. Let's jump into today's topic Democracy is the cornerstone of Western political systems. Unlike capitalism, there aren't many people, save for some monarchs and despots, who don't support democracy as a form of government. Capitalism has its detractors, but that's a topic for another day. Democracy, on the other hand, is one of the most valuable gems to have been mined in the Age of Enlightenment. (coughs) Democracy is the promise of having each individual voice heard. Sure, modern democracy is more typically instantiated in a republican form, but the people have a vote. At least in theory. Democracy is cherished in government, though it is extremely rare in industry, but that's another topic for another day. So, democracy has promise. But is it just an empty promise? Is democracy more substantial than the illusion of control? According to Wikipedia, The illusion of control is the tendency for people to overestimate their ability to control events, for example, when someone feels a sense of control over outcomes that they demonstrably do not influence. I don't feel that considering democracy to be an illusion of control is a difficult position to accept. (laughs) The truth of the matter is that the emperor is wearing no clothes. But in conversation, I am having difficulty getting people to understand that I am talking about democracy as a concept, the very essence of democracy, not how some place or another has implemented it. My point is that democracy is a silly system built on false hope, smoke, and mirrors. It's important to distinguish between democracy as a system and its implementation. I've read many articles and listened to the argument that it's the implementation that's bad. It's a few bad actors. One bad apple spoils the whole barrel. This is a common refrain, but it's just not that great of a system. And as Deming said, a bad system will beat a good person every time. We hear excuses like democracy requires an educated populace, a statement misattributed to the likes of Alexis de Tocqueville and Thomas Jefferson. It's good sentiment, but the problem with democracy is more fundamental than this. Some who favor the ideas presented in Plato's Republic argue that republics are the solutions, but all this does is kick the can down the curb. We are left with the same problem just with fewer participants. But what about republics? Plato's argument that the most meritorious rise to the top sounds plausible. This is partially correct, but it's not those skilled in democracy that rise to the top. It's the best manipulators. The best sociopaths rise to the top. I'd like to argue that this is a common result for any so-called meritocracy in the realm of politics or business, but that's yet another topic for yet another day. Speaking of business, we are all likely familiar with the concept of death by committee in business and entertainment. The slow deliberative process that mostly yields diluted results, results that might make the participants feel that they have a voice, perhaps. And this voice may make the participants feel better, and they may be more likely to adopt the solution but the solution is also more likely to pale in comparison to what it might have been. In my experience, democracy is slow and leads necessarily to mediocre solutions. And then there is some inherent risk aversion in the system. I am not a trained political scientist, and I am not claiming to be. My exposure to the intricacies of political systems is just on the surface, but I have taken courses in government and policy at university, and I have read even more philosophy and historical positions. As the saying goes, as above, so below, and so I am willing to presume that if it doesn't manifest well on the surface, scrutinizing it more closely is likely to lose the forest for the trees, than to reveal some epiphany. I could be wrong. Some are fond of citing a famous quip by Winston Churchill. Many forms of government have been tried, and will be tried in this world of sin and woe. No one pretends that democracy is perfect or all-wise. Indeed it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government except for all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. But this misses the point. First, Churchill's logic is limited to forms that have been tried, a minuscule set to be sure. And none unmolested. Maybe we don't need perfection. Perhaps good enough is good enough. Let's follow the advice misattributed to Voltaire among others and not let perfection be the enemy of the good. Except, no one is seeking perfection. I think most of us would settle for good, or at least good enough. The question is, what is good enough? Is democracy in and of itself good enough? Perhaps it is. And all of the discontent about how it happens to be rendered is to be expected. Perhaps a goal of democracy should be to minimize discontent. One way to evaluate a problem is as a systems thinking optimization problem. That would leave us asking what democracy is attempting to optimize. I think it's clear that this would be a multi-factor model, so what outputs are we trying to optimize? It's not likely that this would be a steady-state model, and much of this relies on an unstable preference theory, so what is optimal today might no longer be optimal tomorrow, or in 10 minutes. One meta-narrative I am leery of is the notion of progress, the most egregious being the teleological nature of it as well as our own privileged position. This is similar to the rationale Latour takes in his claim that we have never been modern, but as we've done with capitalism, democracy in the workplace, and sociopaths, we'll shelf the false promise of the Enlightenment for another day. But we return to the question how does one optimize a heterogeneous model? Are there systems, even theoretically, even unimagined, better than democracy? And how might these systems fare when humans populate the model? Spoiler alert to be fair, any postmodern knows the answer to this. There is no best system, and as Leotard reminds us, we need to be suspicious of the meta-narratives underlying the claims projected upon democracy. As I continue down this stream of consciousness, I consider the concept of diminishing marginal returns. So, even if there were a democratic system that could theoretically be optimized, it would have to face the human factor, and that would be subject to the diminishing marginal return of knowledge and information as we go down the participation pool from highly knowledgeable to low-information voters. And this doesn't even address vested interests and conflicts of interest. It doesn't even touch on the point that people are predictably irrational. (laughs) Returning to Plato's Republic, in all its elitist glory. He offered a solution for the issue of diminishing marginal returns, aside from his preference for a philosopher-leader, a republic of the meritorious and virtuous, as if these were meaningful or measurable concepts at least we wouldn't be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Or would we be? The problem with Plato's meritocratic approach is that the merit being honed is how to gain and exert power and political competency, how to play the game of politics. And the notion of virtue was nothing more than a facade, so rhetoric and the decorum of appearance is all that matters in this model. I am not eschewing cooperation or even participation. I'm of the age where the Beatles were a big influence on me, and the Rolling Stones, I cherish the partnerships of lennon mccartney and Jagger Richards. Their solo material paled miserably. The collaboration was synergetic. But there is a reason Ringo and Charlie were not asked to participate in the songwriting process. Their inputs would not have materially improved the output. Even imagine listening to an album of Ringo tunes, Act Naturally, Yellow Submarine, Octopus's Garden, What Goes On, Don't Pass Me By, and Boys. Really? right. And he only contributed to two of these anyway, save for lending his vocal instrument. In the end, democracy is a specious promise. It sounds good, and it makes us feel good. The problem is there is no there there. It's got no substance. Besides the Rolling Stones, when I was growing up I can't count the number of times I heard a version of the phrase, communism looks good on paper, but it won't work, because of human nature. Without proposing that this revealed more about the nature of the person making the claim, I'll turn the tables and respond that democracy looks good on paper, but it won't work, because of human nature. The biggest difference is that you've been duly indoctrinated, so you're none the wiser. It's difficult to see outside of the boxes and compartments we build and have built around us. This is another burden. As Rousseau notes in his social contract, man is born free, but he is everywhere in chains. Our uncritically accepted metanarratives are chains. And if one buys into the notion of progress, we have to ask ourselves, How are these chains holding us back? Thank you for stopping by. This wraps up today's topic. I hope you found the content informative and, most of all, engaging. This is part of a series of podcasts. Visit again to hear other topics of interest. And visit the companion blog at philosophicsblog.com for transcripts as well as an archive of information predating these podcasts. You can submit questions and comments on the blog, too. That's philosophics.com. Take care.